I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and welcome to Church Online. If this is your first time watching us, we'd love to hear from you. Just leave a comment or a like, and let us know that you're watching. And also, if you need anything, you can always visit us at lifechurchutah.com, and we'd love to be able to pray with you about anything. If you'd like to participate in giving today, you can do so by texting the word LCGIVE to the number on the screen. Once again, thank you for watching Church Online here at Life Church Utah. God bless. So the Christian faith is a, uh, is a journey we've found out in the last, uh, last couple of weeks. And on this journey, we pack certain things, and I've got my, my trusty old uh, luggage right here. And over the weeks, we've learned a, a couple of things about what we are to pack on this journey. And for those of you who are brand new to this faith thing, uh, sometimes the, the starting days are super easy. Sometimes the starting days are super difficult. Um, how many, by the way, have been serving the Lord for over 30 years, 30 years plus? Raise your hand really quickly. That is fantastic. Now, one of the things I can guarantee you, for those of you who've been serving the Lord for 30 years or more, is that there are times when you are on the mountaintop, and then there are times when you are in the midst of the valley, and it's very difficult to have faith. Is that right? I mean, I have found that to be true in my life. I found it to be true in many others as uh, talking, uh, talking with them about what it means to be on this journey of faith. And so if you are just starting out this journey of faith, maybe at, um, at Easter time, you said, hey, I want to I start following Jesus more. I want to start giving more of my life to him. Uh, you might have already found out that there are some really good times and there are some difficult times. So on this journey, we've discovered two, um, two keys so far. And uh, we start off with this idea of trust. This is where it begins, trusting that the Lord is going to lead us and guide us and direct our lives. And this is Abraham and Sarah, and, and God told Abraham, hey, I'm going to take you somewhere you don't know. And Abraham stepped out in faith, and he began to trust the Lord. The second thing was that came into Abraham's life is this idea of, of blessing or to bless. And uh, the promise that was given to Abraham was, uh, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing to the nations around you. Anybody that curses you, I'm going to curse. Anybody that blesses you, I'm going to bless. And so this whole idea of blessing, and in the process of that blessing for Abraham and Sarah, one of the things they found out was that that blessing was in the shape of a little baby boy, and that little baby boy's name was Isaac, and we're going to talk about him in a minute. And... Um, this, uh, as they began to kind of walk through this journey of, first of all, trusting and then blessing, uh, they came across a more difficult uh, part of this journey. And uh, I, how many of you were in church in the 80s, like in a conservative, maybe Assemblies of God church in the 80s? Anybody all right? Okay, so I was in church in the 80s. In fact, uh, right over at Mountain View Christian Assembly, that's where I kind of grew up there in the, uh, in the 80s. And uh, there was a season in my life in the 80s, and, and if you were a part of the church during that, that season, maybe about a 15-year period of time, this next story, you're going to get it. For those of you who maybe this is all new to, and, and you're going to say, what in the world were you thinking? So here we go. Uh, back in the 80s, um, before uh, I, I really uh, made Jesus Lord of my life, um, I had certain music tastes, because I'm a child of the 80s, the greatest music ever, Right? And so in my repertoire of music were things like ACDC, Dio, Iron Maiden, 38 Special, uh, well, The Breakfast Club, you saw that, it's like, oh, Europe, The Final 
countdown. Okay, so you got all these things going on there, right? So that was kind of the music of choice and, and all of that. And, and realizing, uh, this is, you know, so back in the 80s, and, and the youth pastor began to challenge us. He said, all right, you want to go for Jesus? One of the things you've got to give up is all of your music. And as a teenager, I'm like, oh, yeah. I can do this. And so back then, back in the 80s, one of the things that we did was we would bring our music the following Wednesday. So God moved on our life and we're like, we're going to sacrifice all of this music and we're going to give it away. And so we would bring it and then we would break all of it. Anybody remember those, those days? You would break all of your music, like original U2 albums and all that stuff. So you'd break all of those things because, you know, for whatever, it's, so that was it. So that was the sacrifice. You would do it. Ah, does that sound like fun? So we're going to do that next week. I'm going to ask, no, not really. <laughs> and it was all gone and it felt so good until the next week when I bought it all back, right? When you go back to the store and spend all that money, right? On there. So sacrifice. Sacrifice becomes part of this journey when it comes to our faith. There, there are certain things that as we grow in the Lord, we realize we can no longer do. The way we lived our life before Christ, we can no longer do. And even what happens, I have found, uh, there are things in my life as a Christian that God wants to press me on a little bit. Have you ever had that small voice of God tell you, hey, hey Rich, well, he probably wouldn't say, hey, Rich, to you, but he says to me, he says, hey, hey Rich, uh, you need to start dealing with this in your life. And I can become really deaf really quickly. No, I didn't hear you, Lord. I didn't hear you at all say that, right? And so we, the God, God begins to challenge us to live our lives differently. And so this is that idea of sacrifice. So sacrifice is an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. And I'm here to tell you, there is nothing more important or worthy than God himself through his son, Jesus Christ, right? Empowering us through the spirit. There is nothing more worthy in our lives than to give up for him. So we start this journey um, kind of reaching that trusting stage and then that blessing stage. And sometimes it's really easy to, to want to stay stuck when everything is going great. When everything is just lining up and life is happening and you're getting the job you need and you're getting raises and everything is great and you feel like this should never end, Lord, because this is blessing. And then God begins to challenge you a little bit and says, how about we start to grow and that requires sacrifice. Abraham and Sarah were living the dream. They had trusted God. They now moved to a new place, and God was blessing them, and that blessing showed up, in, like I said, in the shape of a baby boy named Isaac, whose name means laughter, and everything is going great. And for a number of years, it seems like this is just going to continue. And then we have to turn the page. In Genesis 21 that we read last week, uh, this is when that blessing happens and Isaac is born and things are going great. But then we have to turn to chapter 22. And it's a tough page to turn. Have you ever come across passages in the Bible and you go, I wish they weren't there? Okay, I do that all the time, and I'm, I'm a pastor, and I do that all the time. I'm like, really, Lord, this would be much easier if this wasn't here. This is one of those. So Genesis chapter 22, beginning at verse 1, says this, after these things. So there, there are a couple of things that happened right after the birth of, of, uh, of Isaac. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, said Abraham. Take your son, he said your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there 
as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. I'll just stop there and pray and let's go home. <laughs> right? I mean, that is one of those passages in Scripture I'm going, really, Lord? Do you really have, can't we just skip over this story because this seems so out of character for God to ask something like this? So we're going to take some breaks as I read through this this morning so that we can, we can help you kind of process this. Because, uh, maybe just really quickly, how many of you have heard this part of the story before? How many have never heard this part of the story? Right? There's a few of you, and that, that's great because we start to confront things about how we live our lives, and we find out the sacrifice is not easy, and it can seem like an impossibility, especially in the first steps up the mountain. Human sacrifice, right? That's kind of right now what it looks like God is asking of Abraham. Now, this wouldn't be completely foreign to Abraham. There, there were other polytheistic religions in, in the area and the society where uh, maybe they didn't do it every single week, but when things got tough, they would turn to human sacrifice. And some religions even had as some of the rituals of the day that you could sacrifice your firstborn uh, child in order to bring a greater blessing upon your family. And so here's Abraham looking at this going, boy, I... This, I don't quite understand this. I, I, I can't figure this out right now, God, but part of this bag that I've got that I'm living in, this idea of trust, isn't it? So he goes, okay, Lord, I'm going to start trusting you even on something as difficult as this. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. So God somehow showed him, this is where you're supposed to be. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship, and then we'll come back to you. Trust and blessing. In the middle of this, God is asking some, something of the unthinkable of Abraham. For three days, they travel together. So get the picture. For three days, they travel together. Abraham, Isaac... The promise of blessing directly from God, and then two servants who were traveling with them. And for three days, there might be a question gnawing at Abraham's heart What am I doing? Dude, is this really? Have you ever wondered, God, did you really tell me to do this? God, did you really ask me to. to... So he's struggling with this during this time. And on the third day, a declaration happens from Abraham. All right. Servants, you guys can stay here. My son and I, Isaac, the promise of blessing, the one whom God has given me, uh, we're going to go up and worship, and then we're going to come back down. And I could imagine what's going through Abraham's head as he looks at the mountain that he's ready to climb up, and he has to take his son, maybe by the hand or grabbing a hold of his, and takes that first step onto that mountainside, wondering inside of the heart of hearts, going, God, what are you doing? What kind of sacrifice is this? Now, how old was Isaac when this was happening? I think in my head, growing up as a kid, uh, I saw Isaac as just a little tiny kid, maybe you know, five or six years of age, something like that. But the reality is he was probably much older than that, potentially around the age of 18 to 25. Puts a whole different bent on the story that really in just a few minutes we're going to get to to help us, I think, understand a greater purpose in all of this. 
Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In other words, for Isaac to carry it. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked together. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father? And he replied, Here I am, son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the offering? Yikes. Isaac is old enough to be looking around going, hey, something is not lining up here. Something is, something is different at this moment. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out, took the knife to slaughter his son. I wish this wasn't in there. <laughs> because this, I mean, I hope you are wondering right now, and I hope those of you, this is the first time you're hearing this, I, the, the questions about what kind of God is this? Right? I mean, that's, I'm, as I'm reading this now, probably for the hundredth time in my life, maybe more, I'm asking that question, God, this is hard for us to look at, hard for us to read and understand. What would you have done? Your son, just like Isaac, is asking you, hey, I, I see the fire. Uh, I see, you know, you've got the knife. We got the wood. They see you building the altar. But where is the sacrifice, Dad? Seriously? <laughs> Dad looks at, I mean, you know, you got all these things going on. This is a tough moment. Abraham responds, and it got me to thinking. Remember Abraham took a shortcut back a while ago, and we talked about this last week. Abraham took a shortcut with the servant, servant lady named Hagar, son Ishmael was born, who was not the son of promise. And Abraham and the relationships, I mean, there's a lot of tearing that happened because Abraham wanted to take a shortcut. In this moment, was Abraham hoping for a shortcut as well? Going, I'm going to go look, because you know, if God provides, I'm going to go look, I'm going to go do it myself, I'm going to figure out a way around this. I bet that was playing in his mind. And think about this. If Isaac is 18 to 25 years of age, Abraham is 120 or more at this point. He's, he's an old guy. I can say he is an old guy. 120 is old. Um, and if Isaac is anything like my own son, uh, well, there's a proverbial question that's out there. Can God make a rock so big that he can't move? Yes, his name is Jace, my son, <laughs> right? Okay. And in that moment, there's got to be, if Isaac is 18 to 25 years of age, there's a realization at this point that we don't often think about in this story, Abraham is not going to force his son onto that altar. Isaac, at some point, has to understand what's going on and say, Dad, I trust you. This is the nature of sacrifice. So it goes back to trust. So there's this potential willingness on the part of Isaac so this picture of the altar built of stones, Abraham standing nearby, knife in hand, 
Isaac tied up on the altar, really giving himself in a lot of ways. Abraham wondering, God, you asked me to trust you. You're waiting an awful long time. I'm struggling with this decision. You promised blessing as I follow you. Really, this, this is what... He raises his hand with a knife ready to follow through. Verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he replied, here I am. Remember that first time God called out to him, Abraham, he says, here I am. Again, he calls back to God, here I am. Imagine the relief in that moment for Abraham as he realizes something is going to happen, God is calling to him again. There's an openness and a readiness to say, okay, God, I'm ready for sacrifice, but God, I trust you, and I realize that there's blessing that you have for my life. These three are all playing together in the story. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you've not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. I don't know about you, um, but in a weird sort of way, I don't think it takes like a second for a, for a ram to get stuck there. I'm wondering if that ram had been there the whole time, but Abraham didn't see it. And that God revealed at that moment and said, Abraham, look in front of you as this ram. So Abraham, um, so Abraham went and took the ram, offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide, which is Jehovah Jireh. That's a name of God that we call it. God, you have got to provide for me. Where did provision come? It came out of sacrifice. That's where the provision of God came. Abraham went back to his young men, and they got up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham settled in Beersheba. In the climax of the story, Abraham is ready to take his son's life, and God says, now I've seen just how far you are willing to go. Let me provide for you in a way that you never thought would be provided. It's a response of someone who has set on a path this idea of Abraham who says, God, I am here. I'm ready to listen. I am willing to follow through. That's why Abraham responds, God, here I am. God, here I am twice. So through this story, a couple of things that I see here as we wrap up. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back up here as we close out. And by the way, right at the very end of service today, we do have uh, seven people getting baptized. And so we're going to be celebrating with them right at the very end of service. So super excited about that. So through the story, here we go. Yeah, I praise the Lord for that. So through this story, number one, faith is revealed in your language. Faith is revealed in the language that you use. Think about what Abraham was saying to his servants. So he said to his servants, he says, all right, why don't you guys sit down here? Why don't you guys hang out here for a second? My son and I, we're going to go to this mountain. You can see where this mountain is. And what does he say? He says, we will come back. That is the language of faith. He didn't know how it was going to happen. He had no idea that how the sacrifice thing was going to end up. But he, in faith, said, we will come back. And another time, his son asks him, Dad, I, I, I don't see the sacrifice. Language of faith says, God will provide. Now, don't we hopefully speak this kind of language when we start looking at the promises that God has promised for us as his people? 
That when we, when we feel like God is saying to us, I need you to step out a little bit further than you've ever been comfortable before, and you go, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Here's the language that we use. Because, God, I trust you in what your word says. That becomes the language we start telling people. They go, you're nuts for doing that. And you go, no, because I trust God to work in my life. I know this might from the outside seem crazy, but boy, what God is speaking to me right now, I am looking forward to following through on what he is saying in my life. And so God asks us to step out in faith. And when we do, it changes the way we speak about what we are doing. And so we've got to have the language of faith. For some of you, that might be for healing. I know that God is going to heal me. I was talking to somebody, praying for somebody earlier, um, right, right before the service, believing God to heal a, a type of blood cancer. And there, that becomes the language of faith, doesn't it? Say, God, we know your word says that you heal. It says, by your stripes, we are healed. That's a present thing, that we are healed now. And so we have a language of faith that takes over. The Bible says God will provide every need that we have. That becomes, we remind God of that. And then secondly, sacrifice is revealed in your actions. Abraham could have given all the verbal assent to God's command he wanted. He could have said, yes, Lord, I will do it, but then not do it. That's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is only through action. James 2 says this, what about Abraham, our father? Wasn't he shown to be righteous through his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? See, his faith was at work along, along with his actions. In fact, his faith was made complete by his faithful actions. So the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and God regarded him as righteous. What is more, Abraham was called God's friend. So you see that a person is shown to be righteous through faithful actions and not through faith alone. That action of Abraham's that was motivated by faith, it was sacrifice. That was the action that Abraham did. So the question this morning is, what is God asking of me? What, what is God asking me to step out in faith to do? I can tell you this much, what he's not asking you to do is to sacrifice your son or your daughter. <laughs> okay? But, I was talking to somebody right after first service. She came up to me. And she said, Pastor, that whole message there talking about Isaac and giving this son to the Lord. I am right there and I've got to give my son to the Lord because of the decisions he's making. And all of, I've got to give my son to the Lord and trust him. I've got to stop making things right and forcing my son. You know what I'm saying? That whole thing is like, I've got to trust God with the life of my adult child. I've got to trust God. Maybe there's a job situation or marriage situation. Maybe there's something happening between you and your own children. And you say, God, I am stepping out in faith and I'm giving my son or my daughter to you. I'm giving my job to you. I'm giving my finances to you. For some of you, maybe it is a, a step of faith financially to say, all right, God, I'm going to trust you with my finances because, Lord, I want to give a blessing to you, God. I want to test you. What does the Bible say? Test the Lord in the tithe step out in faith and say, God, the sacrifice, Lord, I believe you're going to work powerfully in and through it. So our willing sacrifice reveals our genuine faith. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, you now rejoice in this hope, even if it's necessary for you to be distressed for a short time by various trials. This is necessary so your faith may be found genuine. 
Your faith is more valuable than gold, which will be destroyed even though itself is tested by fire. Your genuine faith will result in praise, glory, and honor for you when Jesus Christ is revealed. So our willing sacrifice reveals our genuine faith. And then very quickly, near this place where Abraham received that blessing from God, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, right near this place, a temple was built. The temple of Solomon was built right on that spot. And very, very close to that spot, on a hill not too far from there, is a place called Golgotha. And what do we know about Jesus who gave himself for us willingly? That's another reason why I think Isaac was a little bit older, to understand, to give himself, to be that picture of what God was up to, to bring blessing through sacrifice. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.